Now that Phoenix has national was taking their licks. Oh, it's by far the Clippers. Though now, albeit without Chris Tapps Porzingis and that injury he suffered, though in get over the playoff hump, you're able to knock him. Oh my goodness, here we go again. And I think you need your best guy out there again with Jazz upper brass for this house of COVID. Covering up his eye after he's a home. That guys is the gray 25 years. Finally, for one game. But John Morant is the truth. I am telling you, fellas. Good evening, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Sports Lounge. Live here, folks, on the MI6 Sports Network. Uh, coming away, folks, here after a week or so of uh, downtime. Obviously, as you can tell, I'm kind of battling a bit of a summer cold right now, but we are, folks, uh, glad to be back on air, and more importantly, glad to bring you, folks, our first live guest here on the lounge here via the MI6 Sports Network. We are heading out, folks, to Maryland and welcoming in a member of the U.S. Women's National Hockey Team in the PWHPA New Hampshire region. Haley Scamora joins us here tonight on this Tuesday night. Haley, again, we sincerely thank you for joining us here tonight, taking time out of your Tuesday. How's everything going tonight? And again, we thank you again so much for being here. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for having me. Uh, things are going well here. Just relaxing, enjoying time with family while I can here. That is all that matters. And again, folks, as a reminder, again, as you uh, perhaps know, though, as well about what has, in fact, been going on over the past uh, week, past couple of days, uh, for that matters, we uh, told you folks again, uh, in wake of the very unfortunate passing in the news, again, of Jamie Huntley Park, a referee that I'm sure Haley can share some good stuff about. But again, of course, Jamie Huntley Park and her uh, husband, Ryan, passing away in a very uh, tragic accident on Friday here in San Diego. There is a scholarship fund up and running in Jamie's honor for the uh, girls team, which she helped coach here in San Diego. So, of course, if you want to help out the cause, you can visit the website link provided. And, of course, find out more information by uh, also finding out uh, more about that uh, via the um, San Diego Angels and their girls hockey club uh, Facebook pages and stuff of that caliber. But again, folks, Haley is joining us here tonight on the program. Again, our first guest here on the Sports Lounge on this Tuesday night. So, uh, Haley, we're going to kind of talk about everything in retrospect, of course. You know, your career, obviously your time with Team USA, uh, you know, the new cause in place by the PWHBA to kind of get a substantial league up and running for all the players, not just you guys with the national team, but every player uh, that's playing women's hockey. And we'll have some fun at the very end. But Haley, of course, I think some people may or may not know, but your dad, Peter, actually played uh, in the NHL for a bit with the Capitals. I think he was there for about four or five years. I know he battled some injury, but did in fact play though. And I believe he was also the highest drafted American player in the NHL at that time. Haley, how much did your dad really influence you on playing hockey when you were perhaps growing up back East? He was a huge influence. He was the one who kind of got me into the game, put me in my first pair of skates, had the backyard rink ready to go. Um, my older brothers, I have three older brothers who all played too, so I just wanted to be out there with them and do what they were doing. So I think, uh, you know, they were all big influences in my life. Haley, you know, is it important, I think, though, for, for kids, especially, I'd say, you know, for young girls, uh, that maybe have had a play, you know, maybe had a parent play of a sport, maybe their brothers played, or they would always be at the rink on a Saturday afternoon and spending their whole day there, you know, because if because this past AHL season, I work in the American Hockey League and Bassanio Gulls 
played their whole year in Irvine, California this year, where I believe you guys had your practices for the uh, rivalry series game at Honda Center. And it brought me back to my time working in junior hockey of seeing all the families out there spending their Saturday mornings out there, their Saturday evenings. And it brought me back to like the nostalgia of seeing a rink being occupied, you know, from 8 a.m. till late at night with, you know, girls games going on, co-ed games going on, you know, tournament uh, tournaments going on and stuff like that. So did that perhaps also maybe help out that with other, that with also having siblings playing the game that also kind of in a way got you into playing the game as well? For sure. I think I just wanted to do what they were doing. And I think the visibility of it all is super important. So you see, uh, you know, other girls playing or your siblings playing or something, it makes you want to go out and do that, see that you're capable of doing that as well. And I think the big word that's been used has been representation has been a very big word used, I'd say, over the past year, two years, if not longer. A couple of quick thoughts, both John Alcorn uh, and also Adam Barber writing in that, uh, of course, their thoughts with the entire hockey community again in wake of, of course, uh, sadly, Jamie Huntley Parks passing on Friday with her husband, Ryan, here locally in the San Diego uh, community area. So, Haley, of course, you know, your dad plays in the NHL for a bit. And, of course, you're growing up and playing the sport. And you elect to go to Northeastern University, which I'm sure a lot of people don't know a lot about Northeastern, whether it's a, whether it's with football or basketball. But was there a reason why you chose to go to Northeastern, maybe perhaps over like the Wisconsin's or Ohio State's or the Notre Dame's or the other big name women's hockey schools out there? I, I just fell in love with the campus there. I fell in love with the city of Boston when I visited. Uh, Northeastern's in like the school itself is its own campus and then right outside is the city of Boston. And I just, I love that aspect of it. Um, I love the coaches. They were, you know, they saw you as a person first, then a hockey player. And um, it, I just, I fell in love. It was just like, all right, this is it. it you just kind of had that f gut feeling when you went on campus. You know, Haley, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you're the same way, but I know a lot of professional athletes, yourself included, would probably agree that when you go to a college environment, like a four-year university, you you fall in love with that city. You know, whether it's Boston, you know, there's, you know, Boston College, obviously with, you know, Megan Keller, I'm sure is, you know, fell in love big time with Boston during her time uh, there. And, you know, I think you talk, you talk a lot about that because my uncle and aunt were, uh, were UConn women's basketball season ticket holders for a long time. And my uncle would, you know, be working around stores or around the campus or he'd be on campus and he would see all the uh, players out there. But they would be, you know, super well behaved, obviously, but they were, you know, very, you know, uh, approachable and stuff like that. But I think, though, you, you brought up a very great point, though, about how that the coaching staff and the school really saw you not just as an athlete, but as a person that they got on that personal level. Do you perhaps think, though, that maybe that there are some colleges out there who probably either don't value the academic side of the university or they really don't see you as both the player and the person that you are? You know, potentially. I think there's some schools that are very caught up in just the athletic side of it. They want to make sure you're just succeeding athletically. And I think you know, at Northeastern, the school itself is really, um, you know, very academic focused. And I liked that part of it. I love, you know, I loved going to school. I loved learning new things and um so that's just something I, I saw that they valued, and that's what I valued as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally valued it as well, and, and kind of in a similar spot. When I was in high school, I played baseball, but I did play roller hockey when I was younger for a few years. Mm -hmm. And same way, you know, the, the one school I went to, which I, I had my, my cozy job with student-run television <laughs> of my freshman year. And then, at, and then at the same time, though, is that when you go, in fact, and try to play, 
they don't see the player. They just see the person. I went to a different school after I had transferred out and saw that they cared about the about the uh, about the athlete, but also cared though as well about the you know the the athlete, but the person as well. And I was you know I had excelled leaps and bounds a lot better at the other school than at the other one. Uh, real quick, a couple more thoughts. Real quick, Casey King writes in to say good evening, Callan. Welcome back, and also a warm welcome to Haley joining the program tonight. And also uh, Isaiah Leung, our uh, co-founder of the network, says, well, uh, what's up, Cal? Good to see you. And glad you're feeling better. I feel better. I just wish I was like full throat, sadly. And uh, Haley, one quick question from uh, John. He's asking, uh, Haley, he's asking, for someone like himself that is interested in learning more about the sport, where would he start more so? Does it start next year with the Olympics or this year with the IIHF tourney in, uh, in August? Uh, well, yeah, if you want to get right into it, yeah, the World Championships in uh, in Calgary now, um, August 20th to the 30th, I believe. Um, that'll be some really good hockey, really fast-paced, very physical. It uh, should be exciting. I'm just going to pencil in USA Canada for the gold. Is that, yeah. is that a fair assessment, <laughs> or do I have to put Finland, like, somewhere close? <laughs> and also, as well, uh, Isaiah, with a warm welcome to Haley as well. Again, folks, Haley Skimora, Team USA. Uh, women's hockey, PWHPA, also joining us here tonight here on the MI6 Sports Network. So, Haley, uh, I'm sure a lot of people that probably are new to the game or probably getting involved, though, uh, know all about Kendall Coyne Schofield. But you had the chance to play with her, though, in college, I believe, at uh, at any uh, over at Northeastern. Uh, you know, what was that like, though, seeing, uh, you know, being able to play with her then, now playing with her now, and also with her being the captain of the uh, of the national team, I mean that's got to be pretty awesome to see your line mate go from your college line mate into the the captain now for the national team. That's pretty awesome. It was it was amazing. I am honored that I got to play with her and to play on the same line was just surreal. I learned a lot from her. Just her work ethic, um, you know how competitive she was, you know just how she was in the locker room, off the ice, on the ice. And uh, she was our captain at Northeastern as well, but she's just grown so much more, you know, in these, all these years. And she's even a better captain now. And she's, she just focuses, she's so selfless as a captain. She really focuses on every single person on the team, making sure that everyone's having a good experience, making sure everyone's playing at their best, being their best. And, you know, her work ethics makes everyone else work harder. So She's just a great person to be around. Haley, what kind of leader is Kendall? Because I know that I think, you know, and I would probably, I don't want to say I speak for the team, but, you know, having watched the, uh, you know, having watched, you know, the, the women's team very closely. And I know that when Megan Duggan retired recently, that there was some pretty big shoes to fill, though. But how has Kendall been, though, kind of, you know, taking on that captain's role with the national team, uh, with even with her prior experience, those two as the captain uh, over at Northeastern as well? I mean, she's been amazing. She, um, like I said, you know, she just, she leads by example, but she also, you know, speaks when she needs to speak and she makes everyone around her better because um, she's always working her hardest. So you have to kind of match her level at all times. And, um, you know, like I said as well, she's just, she's a very selfless person. She's very focused on making sure that everyone is, you know, is doing okay. You know, she checks in on everyone and, um, yeah, she's just a great leader, great player. 
And, and, and it's very valuable that he had that leader, I think. And in any team sport, I think it's kind of a bit magnified in hockey, kind of having, you know, that person to look to. Uh, some more thoughts real quick. Uh, Haley from Johnny says, I never have watched women's sports, but I definitely, though, do want to start. And again, August, I think, is a great time to do it because, again, all the national teams are playing in the uh, IIHF tourney. John, though, agrees. So with your point, though, as well, Haley, I agree that more schools need to see the athlete as a person first. And also that exactly a team experience is uh, it's a team experience and not a me, me, neither experience where I think her Brooks, I think Haley said it better during the documentary about the 80 team in the early 2000s where he said he had to create or help create like a, you know, we, us and ourselves attitude, not a I, me, myself attitude. Mm-hmm. Definitely for sure. And also uh, John says about Kendall, that is a true leader thinking about their players first and foremost and um you know Haley speaking about your time though at Northeastern you know I I say this a lot to people about my time playing baseball was there's always one like one season where you're like oh my goodness everything finally clicks you know that was me my senior year of high school which was like freshman or sophomore but you know your junior campaign I think you had 43 points and I think for your career you were a plus 81 like no one I think ever finishes plus 81 but like is there like if you were to probably think back to your days in college though what year do you probably say is like, oh, my goodness, my game is finally like clicking on all cylinders. Like, is it your junior year or is it during your whole time, though, at Northeastern? But there's got at least one year, though, where I think in every athlete's mind, it's like everything finally clicked after all those years of, of, of hard work and dedication to the game. Yeah, I think junior year was definitely my breakout year in terms of stats and all that stuff. Uh, I think I grew into myself, got a little more confident in my role on the team and Excuse me again, playing with Kendall is just super, her, her and Denisa both were just amazing to play with. Anyone could do well, I think, with them. And, um, you know, I think sophomore year I was actually doing really well. And then I got, had an injury that ended that season for me like halfway through. So that I felt like I was almost hitting my stride that year as well. But it got cut short a little bit. And, um, and then, yeah, I just I think I've been growing as a player ever since, you know, junior year. And as, and as the old saying is, you can only go up from here. And it's been nice to see it going up, up and up from here. But again, folks, Haley Scamora, Team USA, Women's National Team, PWHPA, sitting here and joining us here on the Sports Lounge tonight for our first guest interview of the program. So then, uh, uh, Haley, after your time in college, though, uh, the NWHL kind of gets either started or is, or is in fact, uh, in operation around 2015, 2016. You're headed to the, or you, uh, you're drafted to the Buffalo Buttes, I should say, in 2016. Uh, you get four points in the final series, and you guys win the inaugural uh, championship trophy. Uh, you know, and I think that Blake Bolden was on that team, who's uh, become a very good friend of mine in her time here in Southern California. But uh, you know, that I think that team was pretty stacked. I'd say that first year during the uh, during the part or during the like early, you know, uh, start of the NWHL. But you know, uh, Haley. How special was that season, but also more importantly about getting that championship victory for uh, for Buffalo and for that franchise? Well, yeah, that was a special season because I came in right after college ended, and then I went right into the professional team, played a few games, and we ended up winning, which was just, it was so surreal. It was really fun. The girls were all great, really welcoming, and um, it was definitely a big upset for sure. Uh, and then just, were you asking about my last season with the Buttes? Because then Blake was on the uh, a later team. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, how about your whole time, though, just in the whole league in general? Because I know it was kind of maybe a wee bit brief uh, and stuff like that. But, you know, how was, though, kind of, you know, being a part of that league in its early, like, early stages, essentially? Yeah, I mean, it was it was fun to see it, you know, 
grow. And then when we were bought by the Pagulas in, oh gosh, 2017, 18, I'm not entirely sure. Um, it, it, our team, it was just so much fun to be on. We were treated really professionally. We had all the resources we needed and we had a really good team too. And it's just, all the girls were just so much fun to play with. And we just, we had a blast. I mean, we got skill sessions, you know, twice a week in the mornings. We had practices three times a week. We had workouts, we had, you know, food before and after games and practices. It was just anything you needed we had. And uh, a lot of it was because of the Pagulas and how they, you know, ran our team. Haley, how important was it though for like the early stages of trying to get a women's league built to a to some type of a you know stable you know stable uh, basically like state like stable part of the totem pole, but having like the Pagulas again, who I believe own every major league franchise in Buffalo essentially, or you know, but having the backing though of like a NHL ownership group like either the Sabers or the Bruins or the mm -hmm. Rangers or you know one of the you know one of the big teams essentially, you know, or a uh, pro, you know, or a NHL team, at least having that interest or that, or at least investing in the women's game, you know, at that stage of the NWHL's time being around. It's super important. I think that's what we're fighting for right now with the PWHPA is because we need those resources. We need the support of the, you know, the big league and of, you know, men's hockey in general. We need their help to you know, get that visibility out there because we're not really given the resources that a league needs to be visible and to be viable. Yeah, I mean, we talk, I mean, I a lot of female athletes I talk to talk about those hurdles, and I think you guys have been probably the most, along with the WNBA, probably the most vocal voices out there. You know, USA soccer, USA mm -hmm. hockey, WNBA, women's basketball. I think even softball has been raising, you know, their red flags, their concerns, and having their voices heard. You know, in, in a way, like at long last. And then I think it's been just great to see uh, that happen. That, of course, Haley, around 2019, though, you get that call, get the email, though, USA Hockey selected you to the national team. What is that feeling like? You know, because I can only imagine, though, because, you know, uh, I had a cousin of mine uh, who missed out on the 2008 Olympic Games by like one one thousandth of a second in swimming. And I can only imagine what that emotion would have been like to to get that, you know, get that call. Like, you know, you're you're a part of Team USA. What was it like for you? Like, you know, where were you? Who'd you call? You know, what was that feeling up there to be able to call, you know, get that call and say, hey, Haley, you're going up to Team USA? I I remember I was actually in grad school at the time and I was getting ready for finals and I got a call from a number I didn't recognize. And then I, my GM at the time at the Buttes texted me and he's like, you need to answer your phone. I was like, why? And he's like, the U.S. Women's National Team coach is calling you and I, you know, I ran out to like the hallway and I was like freaking out and because um, they, you know, and I, they needed the alternate at the camp and it would have been my first camp since I was like 14 for USA Hockey. And so I was just ecstatic. I called the coach right away and accepted and I was, you know, I went to the winter camp two weeks later and then uh, I believe, yeah, then I believe I found out right after that I made the rivalry series team and then just kept going from there. It was unbelievable. That's that's so awesome. That that is so awesome. You know, I actually wanted to rewind a little bit and go back to 2018. Of course, uh, Winter Olympics are going on in South Korea. Of course, Team USA does win the gold medal. And I know that I I, I I know that you weren't on the roster that year though. But that team though, 
you know, I just felt like that team was bound to have something special happen because that they had to, you know, endure the heartbreaks of 2010 and 2014. You know, I'm sure you and I share the same thing, but like we're watching the games, just like not again in, you know, 2010, 2014. And then I think, you know, and I'm sure watching in 2018, like, you know, oh my goodness, here we go again. Mm-hmm. And then I think anyone out there, Haley, who probably had no interest in watching, you know, the women's hockey team play because it was, you know, oh, it's all about the men, you know, finishing in third place. But, you know, hey, Team USA is playing Canada for the gold. And anybody who was out there watching that game, I mean, I literally had to turn my back and not watch the TV when, you know, Maddie was trying to, you know, stop Augusta and Spooner and Jenner. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I can't watch this. <laughs> you know, it's worse than, you know, it's, it's playoff hockey, I think, magnified by a thousand. Yeah. Uh, with it being the Olympics and obviously with, you know, this being the third chance that Team USA has to knock off Canada. But Haley, I'm sure that you're probably watching the game, obviously rooting on your, your you know, your teammates and maybe uh, and obviously rooting on Team USA. But obviously you, 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 you watch the game, you see the shootout, you see them win and you see them, you know, explode in jubilation. You know, what was it like, though, obviously uh, not being a part of that roster, but still seeing all these players and seeing your teammates who have been, you know, trying to get over that Canadian hurdle for the past two games, finally get over and climb that mountain and win the gold. It was it was super exciting. I remember staying up late and watching that game. And, you know, because, I, yeah, I know a lot of the girls. I played with them or I, you know, grew up around them and um, played with them, against them, all that. And just to see them, yeah, be able to win in such like a dramatic fashion was really, really amazing to watch. Haley, I think we'd be re- uh, remiss, or at least I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that uh, some of your teammates have retired, though, over the past year or so, both Jocelyn and uh, Monique Lamaru, uh, Megan Duggan, as we kind of mentioned a little bit a little bit earlier in the show, and also Casey Bellamy retiring just a few weeks ago. Uh, Haley, you know, I'm sure that obviously people look at Megan as having like one of the bigger like legacies or Casey having a big legacy. I think that all four of these players are going to have, you know, a lasting legacy you know, because I think with, you know, Jocelyn and Monique, you know, that they basically, you know, without them, there's no gold medal in 2018 with the tying goal and then the shootout winning goal. Uh, obviously, with Megan, with her uh, work on and off the ice, though, with, uh, you know, with negotiations, obviously with Casey, with how she was playing defense, though. Uh, Haley, if there's anything you'd like to pass along about those four players, because, again, I know that they mean a lot to you and as much as they mean to the entire USA Hockey Federation and, for that matter, USA Hockey in general, but... You know, uh, is there any parting messages or anything you want to bring about about how about how special those four players will be probably for maybe going forward across the board for all of uh, USA hockey on the women's side for sure? Yeah, I mean, all all four of them were monumental in the negotiations in 2017, the you know, where they were, you know, boycotted the world championships and fought for what they deserved. And they've made, you know, it better for us players for with USA hockey. Um, and that was a lot of effort, a lot of, a lot of time that they didn't have to put in and to make it better for the people after them. Um, so for that, everyone's always very grateful to them. Um, I never had the chance to play with Megan Duggan, but I've, I've heard how, you know, her, her leadership and I've heard about her, you know, her spirit on the team and stuff. And, um, the Lamaru twins were really fun to play with. I got to play with them a few times and, you know, their, their competitiveness, their drive was contagious for sure. And then um, Casey, I got to play with a lot and, you know, she was just, she's just very kind. She's like that calm veteran presence that you, you know, you want in the locker room. And she 
know, she talks to all like the newcomers coming in, makes everyone feel comfortable. It's a little intimidating coming in your first time. And she's really good at, you know, going up to people, making them feel comfortable. And, and that's a, you know, that's a talent. I think that's like a huge, that's something you need in your locker room. Yeah, definitely. Again, you need that like steady leader, that calm leader, maybe that vocal mm -hmm. leader to kind of keep players in place. Again, folks, Haley uh, Skimora joining us here tonight from the USA women's hockey team and also the PWHPA. Uh, Haley, uh, 2019 also, we kind of moved back into 2019 though, but again, the most recent IIHF World Championship Tournament was held uh, pre-COVID, of course, in 2019. And uh, you guys pull out that victory. A lot of new faces were on that roster. I believe it was your first uh, one of your first uh, victories with Team USA, uh, which included Annie Pankowski, you know, one of the SoCal kids being on the roster. Again, a lot of new faces kind of coming in, though. Uh, obviously, Haley, you know, I think the phone call is one thing to play for Team USA, but how about getting that first gold medal, that first major victory uh, under your belt with Team USA, though? What was that like for you guys to win that? And again, a very exciting fashion, though, too, that night as well. It was it was insane. We were playing Finland and Finland. They were going crazy. And, um, I mean, the building was just like vibrating. It was crazy. And, um, and then, yeah, for it to go into overtime, it was, oh my gosh, it was really scary, but, um, it was really exciting. And yeah, for it, my first time I had my family there to celebrate with. And, um, it was just, it was unbelievable. I mean, that, I mean, I mean, if, 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 if we thought the 2018 gold medal game had twists and turns, I think that that game, Haley, had more twists and turns. I believe, if memory serves me correct, there was like a 20-minute review of like a like a potential like goaltender interference call, and it's like they couldn't get the right angle. They like they they went into the box to review it. They came out, they huddled, they went back. It was like a weird back and forth. I mean, like, what's the emotion like on the bench though? Is your watching this delay like go on and on and on and there's like no like final verdict given about if it's a goal or no goal it, it was insane we well because they they had scored in overtime and so they all cheered had their helmets off they were crowding the goalie so we were just like devastated but then our goalie came back and she's like guys that was a hundred percent goaltender interference like there's no way so we're like all right all right and then they're they're reviewing it reviewing it i think it actually took 12 to 15 minutes to review Jeez, so we are just standing on the bench they're all still with their helmets off and we're just like please like you know and i'm i'm having hope i'm like all right it takes a long time so maybe that means it's they're turning it back you know so once it went past that like five seven minute mark i'm like okay they have to be like turning it back here so but then finland was the fans were not happy mm. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I mean, I remember that review just like, how long has this review been? Like, I mean, I've I've seen my fair share of lengthy reviews, but I, I don't think I was, I've seen one as long as that one that we just alluded to. Because that was, I mean, it's either like you either want to like break your stick in half or you're just like super nervous. Like it's almost like the, like the Marshawn meme of like covering your mouth. Like yeah. how much longer can this thing go? Oh, man. Uh, one quick question, Haley, coming in from uh, one of our good guys, Brandon Herrera. He's asking, uh, Haley, what is one thing that you'd like to be remembered for when your career does come to a close? Very good question. Hmm. I would like to be remembered as someone who always, you know, worked their hardest, was kind to people um, off the ice and made people feel happy, I guess. 
I mean that that's that's extremely that's a, a, a uh, extremely on point because um you know I, I say this a lot though as well Haley you know and especially to kind of get people involved in the women's sports you know I'm I'm a very as you probably know don't know but I've been a very huge like believer that women's sports have to be you know on even par with male sports and I think that the best example I could give out is February 8th of 2020, you guys come to Anaheim, California to play Canada to wrap up the rivalry series. Now, you guys already had won the trophy, technically, with uh, the Game 4 victory over uh, Canada in Vancouver or Victoria, though it'd be like the day or two uh, beforehand. But you guys get to play at Honda Center in Anaheim, a crowd of 13,320 people, a record crowd for watching the national team ever play. I happen to be there with... uh, two good friends of mine. You guys win the game with Megan Bozak scoring an overtime on a another loony wild uh, scramble to win the game there. But Haley more so might maybe minus the fact that you guys win this, you know, that you win the tournament, you get the bragging rights over the neighbors up North though. But what, what's the feeling like though, in the locker room, as you guys, you know, you're, you're, you're playing this game in Southern California in February, the sun's shining, there's no snow, you know, you guys could go to the beach or go over to the Pankowski residence, go to maybe the Barnes <laughs> residence, you know, because they live in Southern California. But what was that like, though, when you guys came out maybe for pregame warmups and saw the crowd? And, and not just that, though, 13,000 people in what people would call a non-traditional hockey market in Southern California. What was that 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 whole day, maybe that whole weekend for you guys like? Because I know that you guys had like a clinic the next day. You guys got to see the USA Women's National Team play Canada up in Carson. Like you guys had like a, a like an action packed week. Plus, you guys got to play. You know, there was Q and As, there was post game meet and greets. You know, there was all that sort of you know buzz around this game. And I think that the uh, the Anaheim Ducks hit a grand slam. They advertised this thing back in October. They got the word out early, and from there, I think it, like it was a like uh, I think either I think Hillary Knight said it. I think Kendall Coyne said it. I think Megan Keller said it. You may have said it, but I think a lot of your teammates, I think like the whole team basically said, this is how it's done. If you want to get women's sports visible to the public and get it out there to let people come. And I think that was probably, probably in my mind, probably the greatest game I've attended as a spectator, not having to work the game as a announcer, but just going there and seeing the pride, seeing all the USA jerseys, you know, the night jerseys, the Pinkowski jerseys, you know, you know, seeing everyone out there and then obviously, you know, all the Canada fans that came out. I got to see one of my 12th grade uh, teachers from high school at the game. She's from Canada. She loves the game. Huge Leafs fan. But Haley, just, you know, to the question, though, what was that whole weekend for you guys like, though, of playing this game and seeing that crowd and ultimately you guys win the whole thing, though, uh, over Canada? But of course, seeing that crowd, I think, though, I, I think was probably like this is how it's done. Yeah, like you said, I mean, the Anaheim Ducks just did an amazing job with the marketing, with, you know, the events that we did prior to the games. Uh, I remember a few of us went out to a school in Anaheim, like a young kid's school, and they did like uh, hockey outside. And so we got to like play with them. And I think we gave out some free tickets and and they just were so excited. They had so much fun. We had, I mean, we had a blast too. It was amazing. And just to see how excited they were for women's hockey and... And yeah, like on the ice too, like all the fans at the glass for the warmups and and then during the game, just their energy like carried us through for that game and just, you know, propelled us through the OT, I think, too. 
And I think it also helps so that you guys get to start the overtime period, though, on a power play because there was a late tripping penalty called. Uh, but I think, though, that for maybe for folks who probably had never seen the, you know, seen a women's game in person, though, it may not have like, you know, the huge hits or the fights, but it certainly gets testy out there. I think especially, Haley, I think you would agree, though, with it being USA Canada. I mean, you know, you have, you know, Casey having to break, you know, get into a scrap with Melody Dawu in front of the bench area. Mm -hmm. And he had like the crowd kind of in a way rise up, though, because I, I don't know if they were obviously accustomed to the whole, you know, hey, they can't really hit. You know, they can't obviously, you know, take the cages or fishbowls off and fight and go in for five minutes, though. But that there still is like animosity, like there still is, you know, something going on there. And I think you're onto a great point that you made a great point, though, that the energy level, I think it kind of felt like it was like the energy like never had went down in the pond that night, even after Canada had tied or taken the lead or you guys had tied the game. Uh, because I think people forget, though, that after Knight put Team USA up one nothing, Canada called their timeout. And like from that point on, th the energy was never down. And I think mm -hmm. if anyone could go back and rewatch the game or whatever, that it's definitely, you know, the you know, I once more again, that, that that's how it's supposed to be done, though. And Obviously, we had a chance to meet, you know, see you guys pregame warmups, you know, high five line, see some of the players, you know, saw Keller and saw Kendall and uh, Alex Cavallini after the game was over. Part of the, uh, again, part of that whole thing of like, you know, the post game meeting greets and stuff like that. But of course, obviously, Haley, you know, uh, COVID, of course, raked havoc, uh, raked, uh, havoc, of course, for obviously, you know, for playing games, but also with everybody. But obviously, I think, you know, one thing, of course, everyone everyone wants to know, though, is, you know, how do you spend the quarantine, though? But also, I think that one thing that does get mis misconstrued here, though, is the lack of ice time, the lack of being able to train with, you know, or practice with your teammates or with teammates in general. So, you know, for one thing, how do you spend the quarantine? But also, how, how difficult was it, though, for maybe you, but also fellow hockey players to stay in shape, though, and try and somewhat, you know, stay sharp, though, in the midst, though, of, again, no ice time, maybe having to go and grab some rollerblades and, you know, play play inline maybe or shoot pucks in the backyard. You know, how was that for you, perhaps, over the course of the last year and a half? Yeah, at the beginning, it was really hard. Uh, quarantine, I couldn't skate for the first, like, two and a half months, maybe. And then even then, after that, the only rinks that were really, really open near me were, like, an hour drive away. Um, so that was that was really difficult. And, and then gyms weren't really open. So I had to like kind of make home, make a, you know, homemade gym and, um, you know, and then I'm on my own in Buffalo. I don't really have, I don't have a team to train with. I don't have, um, other teammates to train with really. So I'm kind of finding things on my own. And I, you know, recently this past year, I found a boys team to practice with back home with the Buffalo junior Sabres. And, that was super helpful because I had real team practices like three times a week. Uh, so that was how I trained. And then I was able to work out in the gym on my own and um, you know, you make it work. There's a lot of girls in my position too. And I know that they're training just as hard and finding things and we're all dealing with our own obstacles and, but you know, we find a way. At the end of the day, you find a way. Also, Haley, um, Ryan Burgess, uh, PA voice for the uh, Buffalo Buttes. I think he, I, I don't think he was going to make it. He wanted me to make sure that I said hi, uh, you know, that he wanted to say <laughs> hi. So I was going to relay that message to you. Uh, one other quick question, Haley, from Casey King. Casey, uh, Casey's one of my other uh, huge hockey friends. Uh, he's asking, Haley, who do you like in both of the conference final series? I know that Tampa just tied up the Islanders. Mm -hmm. and I know the uh, Knights are up 1-0 on Montreal, but 
Uh, what say you on this one? Oof. Well, my bracket, I picked Tampa and Vegas in the finals. So kind of hoping looking good. that's accurate. Um, but I mean, these are just, it's fun series to watch. I mean, it's been awesome with the fans back in the stands. You just see how much of a difference it makes in Vegas. Like, oh my goodness. It is so It's it's, it's on another level in Vegas. It's, it, it's beyond Vegas insane. Is not, that's true. Cause, uh, I, I ended up going to the, uh, award show in the expansion draft in, uh, 17 or 18. They actually honored, uh, Dana Lang, I believe from the Boston pride that night. Cause again, she had that freak accident during the outdoor game, she was honored for uh, like a special award that night. And just like the vibe I got, you know, being in Vegas, it's like 120 degrees outside, but, but that they obviously, you know, they were in the running for a long time. They wanted hockey there and they got it. And it spins like second to none out there. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I I'm with you. I, I'm going with Tampa and, and Vegas. I mean, I, I kind of would like to see New York though. It's been like 20 plus years. They haven't been there, but yeah. I mean, I, I think we want to see the you know the two heavyweights of the Knights and the uh, and the Lightning in the Cup final for sure. But Haley, you know, uh, where do you think women's hockey though is right now? You know, I, I remember reading a lot of commentary, you know, good and bad, obviously. With uh, you know, you know how women's sports social media uh, posts are, but you know, where is the game right now? Because I, I do know a lot of people that went to the NHL All Star Game in St. Louis said, you know, hey, the best part of that of, of the uh, festivities. You know, USA, Canada, three on three. And, you know, seeing Natalie Spooner, you know, obviously seeing Hillary Knight and seeing, you know, all the girls out there, you know, with them partaking, you know, three on three or even Hillary being in the uh, the, the giant, you know, like a cornhole from the upper level uh, contest and her wearing those, you know, very, uh, you know, nice like uh, diamond studded shoes <laughs> or even with uh, obviously Kendall being a part of the uh, fastest skater competition in San Jose. So, uh, really right now, Haley, in your mind, where is the game right now? Because I think it's getting close to maybe being there. But I think that there are still a couple of like rungs in the ladder to climb up, though. But I think to your point earlier, though, how much more influence or how much more investment needs to be done by maybe NA the NHL as a whole or maybe just teams in like local areas, for example, from your neck of the woods, the Sabres really investing in the women's game at this rate? Yeah, I think, you know, investment with like the individual teams would be super important. I think it'd be really helpful and just to get us on a stage where we can play consistently in front of people and show people what we're capable of. I mean, we haven't really had that for, I mean, especially with COVID the past two, three years. Um, so I think just somewhere where we can play consistently and be able to train with the team consistently and um, and showcase what we have. Cause anytime we do showcase it, majority of the time, everyone's like, wow, this is really great. Like where, when else can we watch this? And, you know, um, everyone gets excited about the Olympics. That's every four years, but like, we're all training and doing stuff every, right. single, you know, every single year, every day. So we should be able to be shown to people. Totally. You know, I, I really think that again, like we said though, Haley, representation matters. You know, I actually <laughs> saw Blake Bolden about uh, last week uh, they had the uh, some the uh, uh, public vigil for uh, for Jamie after her passing. And, you know, uh, I'd seen Blake several times again, which when, when she scouts for the Kings, she comes to the goals games in San Diego working for the Kings. So we talk every so often and stuff like that. And that she's right though, that representation matters. You know, I think it, it, it has so far, but also I think though Haley is, how about seeing, you know, either teammates of yours or just seeing women in general, you know, like uh, like Cammy, who's with Seattle now. I think Megan's got a job with the uh, 
with the Devils. I think that before, I think pre-COVID, that Hillary was going to be on a broadcast with NBCSM with Catherine Tappan, I think, uh, uh, before the pandemic, though. How has it been, though, kind of seeing, you know, that the hockey role is kind of, in a way, letting, you know, more and more women into high-profile roles, not just broadcasting, but, for example, like front office roles or scouting, as it has been with either Blake or with Megan over the past year or two? Yeah, I think it's it's huge, and it's, you know, they're all, you know, deserve to be there they have amazing credentials and they know they know hockey and that's what it comes down to and realizing it doesn't matter what gender they are and that they are capable of making you know of being in those front offices and being scouts of being in you know coaching positions you know Kendall in the AHL affiliate with um, Chicago there and you know more and more women are going to get these kinds of roles and I think it's just gonna it'll be like a trickle down effect for sure. So, folks, we still have a few more minutes here. So if you want to keep asking Haley questions, again, feel free to do so. we still got plenty of time. But if you want to keep asking Haley some more questions, go ahead and do so. So, Haley, I'm not, I'm not sure that people really grasp this whole thing of basically you guys. And I, when I say you guys, I mean, like, some of the biggest names in women's hockey, you know, starting your own league, like, from square one, playing, you know, like the Globetrotters. You guys are touring the country and playing games uh, hosting clinics, letting the public come and skate with you guys after games conclude. The PWHPA has been uh, got back underway. I know that you guys played your uh, round robin, and then Canada's played their uh, round robin. And, I mean, you, I mean, you're talking about playing at Madison Square Garden. I mean, I know that uh, up in Canada they had played at at, at Scotiabank Saddle Dome up in Calgary. And I, and I know that pre-COVID – uh, that the tour was supposed to go to Arizona. I know that Amanda Kessel had went in practice with the Coyotes. I think her and Megan Keller were both out there. I know that Amanda was out there because, of course, you know, uh, her and Phil obviously being brother and sister. But that you guys, I think, have kind of taken that initiative, though, of kind of, you know, starting a new league and kind of, again, as you said, though, about representation, but also getting the game out there. I think that NBC SN did a great job. I think that NHL Network did a great job putting you guys on television. Because I remember watching the game from the Garden, from the garden I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is awesome. I want more. You know, and just like, and I think that any casual hockey fan, casual women's sports fan, or a casual sports fan in general, Haley, is like, oh my goodness, the, the girls are playing. You know, I want more. Like, where can I get more? And I think that you guys have done a stellar job of getting the game out there, going on the Dream Gap Tour, Billie Jean King's being involved with this. You know, you guys have some great sponsors backing you guys. Again, the Garden. Uh, you know, Scotiabank, Saddledome. But Haley, I know that there was a thing I saw, though, about a week or so ago that basically that right now people are somewhat thinking that the PWHPA and the NWHL are kind of like in competition. They're kind of comparing it to like the AFL and NFL, NHL, the WHA. But I think it's kind of like, you know what? Spare me that. You know, I think it's great that we have two things going on, though. I don't think there's any like infighting amongst the players from either of these organizations, but that there's a common goal, though, uh, to get a league to, you know, obviously, you know, with the wages, the travel, the accommodations and being paid, you know, along the same, you know, same uh, pay skill as, as the fellows are. But uh, Haley, in your mind, at least, is there hope, though, that both the PWHPA and the NWHL could either merge or at least start kind of building towards making it one giant league? Because I think, though, like I said, though, like, you know, spare me, you know, spare me the rivalry thing. You know, I think it's a good thing that we have two entities right now. But if they could somehow, you know, you know, kind of, you know, mesh together, 
we're in for something very beautiful for women's hockey very soon. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, we just have different ways of going about reaching that end goal, but we all want the same thing. Right. And, um, eventually it will just be one league and, you know, we'll see how the chips fall there. And, you know, with COVID things kind of set things back in our, in the, with the PWHPA and, um, the, the goals that we had set and, you know, things have changed and, you know, we've adapted, we've changed and we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And, and again, I, I really think though that you guys are, you know, just, I mean, you guys hit a home run. I mean, with how, you know, obviously I think, it, I think it was so cool though, that obviously, you know, the Rangers said, Hey, we're going to put you guys at the garden. You know, we're going to move our game up to the afternoon and then you guys can take over at night, play your game. But also that, you know, uh, the garden, obviously, the national TV exposure with, you know, Kenny Albert calling the game with Blake uh, uh, as the color commentator. But also, again, playing at Madison Square Garden like that. You know, I got the tour of the garden. I didn't get to see a game there. But, you know, you think of the nostalgia, mm-hmm. you know, of Mark Messier and the Rangers. You think about, you know, uh, the Knicks. You think about Becky Hammond. You think about Teaspoon and the Liberty. You think about all the boxing matches. You know, I think that John, though, had a great, very great, uh, very great question, though, Haley, is what was the reaction, though, when you got when you, uh, you know, got to step on the ice of the garden and actually play that game, though, at MSG? You know, what was that like? It was unreal. The arena itself is just it's indescribable almost. And you just look up at the ceiling and it's like this cool, like acoustic look to it. And you think about all the concerts that, that have played there and all the famous singers and celebrities and all the uh, unbelievable games that have played there and it's just the history of it it's just it was um yeah like i said like in a surreal experience and it was really really fun to play on that rink it was really awesome i mean i got the tour of the garden and you know just walking around there was just insane i would have loved to have seen a game there but it was in uh, in the uh, off season actually matter of fact when i went there they actually were putting the ice in uh but uh, they were putting it in for the rangers for the preseason but I, but I know though, Haley. So I mean, is there any plans right now, maybe post August or maybe next year, that the PW uh, that the uh, PWHPA kind of gets the tour back underway? Though I know that you guys, you know, that you were obviously, you know, you couldn't play against the teams in Canada because of the nature of COVID, and you know, you guys had to, you know, you had to play Minnes, you know, the Minnesota region, you know, very heavily. But it was all that you guys really could do though because of the restrictions. But I mean, New York. Uh, you guys got to pl- you guys got to play in Chicago and got to play in St. Louis, you know. So I mean, they're looking at you know three very you know well, you know well attended uh, cities. You know, obviously the Rangers have a great history in New York. The Blackhawks, of course, original six. The Blues, you know, f- you know next six uh, of the expansion. Of course, Stanley Cup champs a couple of years ago. But Haley, though, is there still a goal though for you guys to probably you know you know I I will compare compared to the Globetrotters though of going on this tour though, and, you know, going maybe to markets with NHL teams or markets, you know, maybe like, for example, like San Diego who have, you know, hockey, you know, at the AHL level, you know, is there maybe in your mind, you know, uh, is there maybe, or could there be uh, plans in place to kind of keep this momentum going though? I know that you guys were going to go to Arizona. I mean, who knows where you got, you know, maybe it could have been to California perhaps to play at Honda center or at Staples center. But, you know, uh, is there or will, or will there uh, be plans for uh, you guys to go back on tour probably post uh, the uh, IIHF tourney or maybe even pre or before uh, the Olympics next year? Yeah, I think there's still plans to do Dream Gap tour stops um, this coming year. 
and you know because there's other players besides those that are being centralized and and they need a place to play and games to do and um so i think there's still plans for that beautiful um also real quick a uh, couple uh I believe that john had one more question or he's asking as well haley what is the biggest thing that you've uh, that you're looking forward to doing either on or off the ice after your career is over with Ooh, uh great question um <laughs> um what i guess i'm looking forward to just kind of figuring out what my next journey is honestly my next path my next passion um hockey's been my greatest passion for my whole life and you know it'll be sad when that comes to an end but i i know there's you know good things in the future and there's gonna be other things that i'm looking forward to i really want to grow the women's game in general um and i could see myself in a role in that off ice uh so yeah we should make you an off-ice official. That'd be that'd be amazing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> work upstairs, maybe, or work in the box. Casey yeah. also says that the garden is on his bucket list. Been by it, but has still yet to see a game there. I don't know, Haley, what's your bucket list for maybe playing a game or being at a game? Because I'm sure that you probably have been to numerous NHL games. I don't know if you probably got to see your dad play back in the day, but perhaps, though, I mean, you know, what's that one arena that you probably would love to go and see a game at? Be honest right now, I think I want to go to Vegas to watch it. That's the easy answer, right? It's the easiest answer. It looks like a blast. I think just the experience of it would be really cool. I I do have to uh, say this in a joking manner about about, uh, HK21 uh, because Hillary's my favorite player. I have her jersey behind me. Uh I mean, if if she can't root for a team named after her in Vegas, (laughs) there's like – (laughs) <laughs> Something where I know she's getting a lot. Of, I know she saw a lot. I, I know that it, perhaps that a lot of uh, a lot of the players though from from Team USA got some care packages from from Seattle. I think uh-huh. I don't know. I mean, Hillary, come on now. I mean, you're you literally have a team named after you. I know it's tough living in in Idaho, but it is what it is. Um, Christy Wilson Haley asked, "Have you ever thought about becoming a coach?" I I've coached like the little guys. I do like learn to play, uh, which I, I really love that. I coached the 11 U junior savers teams uh, or team, sorry, singular, but, uh, and they, it was really fun, but I don't know if I'd want to be like a head coach. I don't know if I have the, the personality for it or the attention to detail that it requires, <laughs> but um, I do enjoy it with like the, with the young kids. I have to give credit to, I believe it was Hannah Brandt, Danny Camernese, and Lee Stecklin, I believe, who became head, who, who are uh, who are now coaching a team in Boston. I want to say that I yeah. think I heard about that today. Yeah, yeah, good for them. That'll be that'll be uh, that'll be very fun to see how that actually pans out. Uh, also, Casey says, uh, Haley, thanks for coming on the show tonight. And also, John says, whatever you do, we all know that you're going to do great. We all here at the network believe in you for sure. And that all begins as well, Haley, in August. Again, IIHF World Championship. Obviously, Haley, I know it was a very uh, roller coaster of emotion for you guys, though, to you know find out so last minute. I mean, you guys had gone to camp. You guys were in camp, you know, quarantining, you know, following all the rules, though. And then literally kind of, you know, hearing that press release come out or, you know, kind of hearing that news, though. And I know that it was, you know, this massive you know, a very huge, you know, in a way, PR nightmare for, for the Federation to have this thing come out. Though I know that a lot of your teammates, yourself included, though, shared, uh, you know, their gripes and stuff. But I mean, you know, 
I, I guess your thoughts more so about the uh, federation kind of in a way like trying to make up for it by having the, by moving the tournament back to uh, August. I know though that I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of gripes though, not just not just for Team USA, but I think it was Jill from Team Canada who I think put out like a very lengthy caption of like you know talking down to the federation about moving the tournament. Yeah, I think it was a, a player effort too. I think um, you know a lot of the captains of the teams all had a discussion and wanted to make sure that this was rescheduled. They wanted to make sure it wasn't just canceled because uh, that would send a, a poor message after all these men's events have gone on with no flaws and no issues. And um, and then, you know, also the U18 women's never was rescheduled. So there's, you know, there's a lot of issues in that sense. And I think we had to fight for it to make sure that it was rescheduled. And I mean, if, if it wasn't a reschedule, I think the gripes would have continued. I mean, again, though, rightfully so. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. it's, in a way, like we talk about rep representation, but I also think, though, we don't talk a lot about the double standards, I think. You know, I think it was the head softball coach from OU mm -hmm. that essentially come out and said, you know, hey, we don't get days off. We don't get massages. We don't have showers. We don't have batting cages. Right. Like, you know, why, you know, why all these, you know, why all these double standards? But I think, though, it's been great, though, Haley, that, you know, people like yourself, though, but also other people, you know, coaches, players, you know, have gone so far as to saying, you know, hey, why all these double standards with our game, but not for the men's games. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Uh, again, folks, we have a few more minutes here. John, again, agrees though, Haley, that the double standards in sports are pure BS. I mean, I, I think that, I mean, honestly, like we said though, Haley, if your tournament was not rescheduled for August, I mean, you know, there would have been more double standard posts out there for sure. Mm -hmm. And he also says, good for you guys standing up against all those double standards. Uh, with that, Haley, just a couple more things here and uh, kind of want to go, uh, you know, uh, still kind of roll on a little bit more here. But Haley, just some more uh, kind of off the wall questions more so. But Haley, uh, if you weren't playing hockey, I ask this a lot actually to female athletes. If, if you weren't playing your sport, what would you be doing with yourself if you weren't playing, you know, obviously, you know, playing sports, you know, post your time in college? Oh, my gosh. If I wasn't doing sports, <sighs> it's a tough question. I... I think I would be working. I mean, I think I would choose something in like the healthcare or with, you know, working with people, I think is something I enjoy doing where I'm help feel like I'm helping people. Um, what exactly that would be unsure, but. I, I mean, and I think especially though, Haley, you know, in, in times of what we have gone through though, about people, you know, maybe, you know, during uh, COVID last year, even up until now though, of people, you know, trying their best to support small businesses and kind of support others and kind of being there. So, so, uh, so, so uh, crucial for sure. Uh, also, uh, Haley, what's maybe the number one thing on your bucket list? You know, mine for me is still to be able to see the Cubs play a game at Wrigley Field. But I really don't have, I mean, I, I've been to a few other countries. I played baseball internationally and stuff, kind of like on that, you know, Team USA stage though. But, you know, what, what, you know, maybe for you, though, what is that number one thing, though, on the bucket list, maybe for you to check off the list? I want to go to Greece. I think that's uh, up on my list of things to do. Yeah, I'd love to go to Greece. Greece would be a great spot to go. I, I was I got to go to Italy in 2009 and uh, super nice place. Spent a few days in Rome, mm -hmm. uh, played all my games in a uh, little city called Natuno, which is which essentially is where the uh, U.S. troops brought the game of baseball to Italy during World War II and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. uh, Italy was a great place. Australia was great. Mexico was great. You know, things like that. Um, I mean, if, if I have to throw maybe one more caveat is, and I actually told uh, my uh, 
my uh, the teacher I had met uh, or had seen at the uh, USA Canada game that you guys were playing at the pond in Anaheim was um, uh, I, I told her that uh, there, there was a project I had to do when I was in her class. She did like this very awesome like 3D like mapping class, basically. And it was like, you know, hey, plan like you're, you know, playing playing a week long vacation. It's like, OK, well, you know, she's from Canada. So I think she would agree. And mine was to go and see a game at every Canadian NHL arena, you know, go from San Diego to Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, you know, so on and so forth. And end the trip in Toronto and then go see the Leafs play, then obviously uh, go to uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame. And obviously, you know, with Willie O'Ree going into the Hall of Fame recently uh, and things like that, John also says, I definitely won't go to Canada again. He already got there or got lost there once. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that uh, that definitely is a uh, I mean, I've heard so many good things about Canada, Hale, but I've, I've never been there yet. I really want to get there eventually because uh, during the rivalry series, I think you guys worked like east to west, basically, in that rivalry series. It was like New Brunswick. Then it was like to uh, Victoria, Vancouver. Like you guys were like all over the place in Canada during that rivalry series. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the run before we were in, we did Toronto and London and then Detroit. Detroit. Uh, did you guys get to play with Joe? We did. It was beautiful. Uh, it was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Check that off the list. You know, Joe Lewis yeah. Arena. Yeah, Sally, oh no God. longer there. I, I don't think. To it. It's super nice. Oh, man. That's awesome. Uh, so, Haley, we're getting close. Our summertime is getting here like within a week. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, Southern California, the beach is open 24 <laughs> 7. You know, like the pool is already across the street from my house where, I, where I'm at here. But uh, what is like the number one or your most favorite summertime activity? You know, I'm sure that a lot of your that you and your teammates do a lot of weird things, maybe or do some great things during the course of, of the summer of of the summer. But uh, what would your favorite summertime activity be and why? Just being outside in any capacity, honestly, even like rollerblading outside or hiking or just enjoying just being outside and just Buffalo summers are just the best. You know, they're 80 and sunny, no humidity. It's great. So any way to get outside. I agree. Any way to get outside. I mean, uh, you know, uh, go out and put the blades on, you know, maybe play some hockey sauce on the beach, you know, or, you know, maybe uh, rent a jet ski, rent a boat. Yeah. Somewhere in Buffalo. That'd be pretty nice. Yeah. Casey also says I would, uh, I will never go to a Canucks game ever again in Vancouver. I had a uh, beer thrown on me at a Kings Canucks game after my Kings beat them. Nice venue, nice city, but fans are awful, but would love to go to see a game in Toronto. I think just going to any game in Canada would probably be like definitely on the, uh, definitely on the list. Uh, Haley uh, also um, who probably in your mind is the person that you most adore probably. Most adore. Yeah. My from, from your family. Like, like who would it be? My nephew, Brayden. He's, I uh, love it. He's two years old. <laughs> yeah, mine is uh, is a few weeks old, and he looks a lot like my older brother. So I definitely yeah. agree. <laughs> and also, um, you know, I, I think Haley, one thing that probably gets gets uh, maybe lost in the shuffle about uh, lost in the shuffle about team sports, though, is that you guys, you know, that obviously, you know, you guys are a team on the ice. Though, I, I don't know though. People really know though about how close knit though of a group. Mainly that a, a group like you guys is very very close you know i mean i i mean obviously you know we know about social media and stuff like that but that you know i don't know if i see if i see a group of people hanging out as often as you guys with team usa do so with that give me a few of your teammates that you probably you know either have on speed dial to text somebody or like a few of your teammates who you probably hang out with the most maybe on the road or in between games or maybe pre-games 
Because I know that, that I know that is a very, very knit and tight group in that locker room when you guys are in fact putting on the unis. Yeah, I mean, you know, close with all of them, really. And then um, we've been through a lot together, and especially with just these past two years of everything being canceled all the time, we we lean on each other, and um, yeah, we all just yeah we rely on each other, you know. Um, but I'm close with a lot of the girls, you know, Carpenter, Kendall, um, Hannah Brandt, you know, there's so many girls, they're all just great. And, um, any one of them you could pick up and text and they would be there. So, and I think that is the thing in my nine years of being away from playing team sports is that, you know, the teammate bond doesn't go away though, but mm -hmm. I, I think that people just forget the, like how close knit though you guys are though you know, even away from the rink or away from practices and stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, it's, that's definitely a thing that people, I think perhaps, you know, forget or miss about team sports though, for sure. Mm -hmm. John also says, I definitely need to learn hockey, but I can't stop tripping over my feet and falling <laughs> down. And John also agrees. That is awesome to hear uh, that the family value in sports, it is the best for sure. But uh, Haley, uh, but once again, Haley, we thank you so much for joining us again tonight. And uh, if you can, I mean, we'll let you, uh, you know, uh, tell folks where they can find you on the web, you know, follow the, uh, follow your adventures, obviously uh, follow your adventures to hopefully a gold medal in August for uh, Team USA and also uh, where they can uh, also find out more about uh, uh, about the PWHPA as well. Yeah, just my handle is just my name and um, follow the PWHPA for any updates as well. And and uh, and follow USA Hockey for any women's updates too. Yeah. yeah definitely because i know they had to get very creative during the quarantine and I, I know that they had taken mm -hmm. several of your teammates and put them into these like quarantine houses like okay which house are you going to is <laughs> you know house one house two house three house four and it's like you know they were mixing you know women's players men's players you know a you know gazillion celebrities like there was there was one house i think that had like jimmy fallon in one of them like it was great uh, and stuff like that but definitely they, they're on top of their game and and stuff like that. But uh, once more again, folks, uh, Haley Scamora joining us tonight here on the Sports Lounge. Haley, again, we thank you so, so much for the time. We wish you all the best, and we look forward to probably, hopefully, having you back on in the future. Thanks again. Okay, thank you. With that in mind, folks, we'll see you back here uh, in a couple of weeks for our next program here on the MI6 Sports Network. Again, a major shout-out again, folks, to Haley Sc uh, Scamora for, again, joining us tonight, uh, visiting family in Maryland. But with that, folks, till next time, good night and bye-bye. <laughs>